0: so glad that you're here today to join us in this, the last man on earth, right? Obviously today we're going to be talking about the importance of relationships. And um, if you've been with us the last 13 years, you've heard me say a million times, I think part of how we know that relationships are important, even in our prison system, right? If you're sent into prison, but you really need to be punished, where do they send you? Solitary. See, we know that the human being needs these relationships. And so so today, we're starting a series that I'm I'm really, really excited about. From the head to the heart. Um, But here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take five weeks, and we're going to dive into why do we believe in Jesus Christ. We're just going to do five weeks on why we believe this stuff. And, um, And so here's what we're hoping. That some of you are here, and you're investigating. Maybe a friend brought you, maybe you just, maybe there's something inside of you just curious about Christianity or even the existence of God. And we're hoping during these five weeks, our mission is to invite everyone to consider this adventure of following God. And so we're hoping that maybe after these five weeks, there might be some things that you could think about that would go, okay, I hadn't thought about that before. Maybe this is logical. Maybe there really could be a God And if there is a God, could it actually be Jesus Christ? That's where we're going. But the rest of our mission statement is we want to invite everybody, right, into the adventure of following God. But we also want to equip, to invite and equip everyone. Now, here's what I know, right, that uh, for those of us who are Christians in here, our desire through this series is that we would actually equip you. Because let me just ask you, when some of you think about actually sharing your faith with somebody else, is that an adventure? (laughs) Okay. So for those of you guys who maybe are looking at Christianity, just that chuckle, those hands, you just need to know that sometimes it's intimidating um, because we're not sure how to do this. We believe it and we think we know why, but we're not very equipped in to share our faith clearly and well with confidence. And so that's the other thing we're hoping that'll happen through the series, okay? So, if we can take this information, that was a great little thing, this information that we're gonna receive, but eventually where it gets into our heart and soul, then it can actually change the way that we live, and that's what we're actually interested in, all right? So, so here's the deal. Um, I'd love to just pray. Um, my desire is that God would just help me this morning to be super clear for you, so that this can be helpful helpful in your pursuit of following God. All right, so let's pray together. God, I just wanna say thank you for being here. And as we look at this issue of relationship today, we just, we thank you and we, we, we gather together because we really do believe that you love us and that you're present. I thank you for your creation, so beautiful this morning. Wind, nice breeze, sun rising, beautiful smells. Your creation just shows that you're good. But God, then you've created us, we're here, and we need you. So Lord, I'm just praying that today, as I share your word today, that you might come, because I know you love everyone in this room. And I pray that you might help each of us to take one step closer to really understanding what we believe, because what we believe affects everything that we do with our lives. So thanks for this day, and thanks for this opportunity, and thanks for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, this morning, I just want to share, like for me personally, kicking off uh, this series. I'm excited, as I've studied all week long on this, that I feel better equipped, personally even, to have some conversations with some friends of mine about why I believe this. And when you feel more confident personally, you know, you're more willing to have these conversations. So, I'm part of the reason I actually really believe in Jesus, like, so I have an experience with him, which we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. Part of the reason we believe is because the actual experience that people have with God, But after I had that experience with God, then as I started investigating, I realized this seems to answer so many of the questions of life. And the one that we're going to look at today is the answer of the human heart. So here's what I did this week. The first thing I did is I just started looking up uh, psychological websites, right? I, I didn't want to see what God had to say or spiritual. So I wanted to say, well, what are psychologists saying about this, this uh, relational thing for human beings? Here's what's interesting. It says there are, there are three universal relational needs, okay? Companionship, affection, and emotional support. And I love the fact that they call them universal. They know everybody needs them. Another website said the need to belong is a fundamental human need to form and maintain at least a minimum amount, this is important, of lasting, positive, and significant interpersonal relationships. See here, so already, do you guys notice the word? Every time I look this up, psychologists, scientists studying the human psyche are saying that there is a need within human beings, and it's fundamental. It's universal. Another one said the need to belong is instinctual, and it is a crucial element of our well-being throughout our lives. Another one said human beings are social animals, and people need to believe that they are worthy of feeling love. Everyone needs to feel connected with somebody. So here's, so here's my question. All you got to do is study the science of the human psyche, and everybody's saying, we instinctually, in, there's an instinct in us, fundamental, universal, everybody has a need if you're a human. And that need, if you look at all this, is for a lasting, positive relationship. Now here's my question. So we all know that. Why? Why? Why does every human being need to be really what we can say? Why do we need to be loved? And I think if we're going to think critically about our worldview, what do we believe about our existence on this planet? We have to deal with this reality that human beings instinctively have a need to be loved. Why? Well, so so then I started Googling. I said, well, what does science say? How does science explain the need for love? So here's, here's just one, one paragraph I found. Biologically, love is a powerful neurological condition like hunger or thirst, only more permanent. We talk about love being blind or unconditional in the, in the sense that we have no control over it. But then, that is not so surprising since love is basically chemistry. While lust is a temporary passionate sexual desire involved with the increased release of chemicals such as testosterone and estrogen, uh, in true love or attachment and bonding, the brain can release a whole set of chemicals. Dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. See, so here's the way we go. Science is saying that there is the, the, a lot of the reason that we have love is because, and I love this actually, it's fascinating to me, that they can study the brain and find these chemicals that are released that provide these emotions. And we have these feelings. But here's, here's my question. But... What we need is relationships that what? That last. Now, can I ask you, how many of your emotions last? (laughs) They don't. We feel them for a while and they're strong and they're intense. And so then we love. But then when the emotion leaves, what happens? We don't love. And all of us in here have experienced that. Either you fell out of love or didn't want to be with anybody anymore or you've had that treated to you. And then all of a sudden, and here's what the psychologists say, when you don't have long-lasting, faithful relationships, you suffer. And now you're lonely and now there's depression. And So there's something in here. So if all love is is a feeling, an emotion that's produced through chemicals in our brain, then we're never going to get the long-lasting relationships that somehow we instinctively need. So then, I love it, so then it goes from an evolutionary perspective, love can be viewed as a survival tool, a mechanism we have evolved to, that we have evolved to promote long-term relationships. There it is. Mutual defense and parental support of children and to promote feelings of safety and security. Now, okay, if that's, If that's it, because if there is nothing outside of the physical world and the only thing we can know is through the study of the physical world, then the evolvement into, but isn't it interesting, to survive and to have long-lasting relationships. But here's what I know. The longer I'm actually in a relationship, I begin to be known. And as soon as you get to know me, Guess what? And you all know this. Now there's a danger that you're going to leave me. Because I know this, man. I'm going to let you down. And you're going to let me down. Is there a love that's actually beyond the emotion, beyond the survival, a love that can actually last, that we instinctively need? Here's my question. I just, as I was thinking through this, how will I experience this fundamental, universal, instinctive need for love in a lasting relationship. And I just wanna say, when I think about this, this is one of the main reasons I believe in God. I really believe that there's an answer, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I would love for all of you who actually use this thing. If you use your phone, not just here, but if you use it, pull it out, okay? I want you to pull out your phone, and here's why. I'm gonna give you today four Pretty, simple, basic, um, foundational reasons for the belief in God based on relationship, okay? And here's what I know. If you, even for me, like if I have friends and I'm sitting around a coffee shop or we're hanging out in the back, you know, having a barbecue or, you know, around the fire at night or whatever, sometimes it's easy for me to forget. Now, what was that again that Dave said, right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write, put whatever app you actually use Pull it up to write some notes on this. Now, we have the K2 app, so you can pull up the K2 app, right? And the points and the scriptures are right there. It's fantastic. But I want you to use what you use. Now, if you don't use a phone, grab your pen and a paper, right? And write this down. But I believe that these four principles are simple and clear enough that we can use these to help us actually have a good reason for why we might believe in God. I, I've just found personally for me, I'm excited to have some conversations with some of my friends, personally, just using these four points, because I think it's, re- I really believe that this is a good answer, okay? So here we go. Number one is the need for love is established by God. Here's, here's what Christianity has given us, and it's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So, now, we can't get into this because immediately what we're talking about is creation, right? We're believing that there's a God who created us. In week five, we're actually going to dive into the whole issue of science, and how science can actually help us to believe that there is a creator. Okay, it's gonna be fantastic. Jason Dunn, our executive pastor, uh, has his PhD in physics. Okay, he spent six years as a physics professor, and he's gonna lead us through that conversation about how you can have a very, very critical mind and think scientifically and believe in a creator. All right, so we're not gonna go there right now, but here's what here, partly why I believe this why do I need. To be loved, and what the Bible's saying is because you were created by a God who's love. All right, that's the next verse. Look at this real quick. Here, can you memorize that one? There you go. If anybody wanted to do scripture memorization, God is love. But here's what the Bible tells us He says, Let us create mankind in our image. So the need for love was actually established by God because he is relational in his being. What the Bible reveals to us, what Jesus revealed to us, okay? By the way, how can I even bring up Jesus? This is going to be such a fun series. How can we trust in Jesus? Next week, we're going to talk about the resurrection. Because if Jesus Christ rose from the dead, nobody else does that. It proves a supernatural, divine person. So here's what Jesus does. He goes, I am God in the flesh, and I'm walking. I'm revealing to you you guys finally get to see the image of the invisible God. And what did he do? He loved, man. He loved. He was in relationship, and he loved. So what the Bible is telling us is the reason that your heart needs love, that if you don't have lasting relationships, if you're all alone, you're going to go crazy, and if you don't have positive, loving relationships inside your being, then your life can never be fully complete. It's because he created you in his image, and in his essence, he's love. In his essence, he's love. And so now I'm created in his image, To have a loving relationship with God. And that's what the Bible tells us. And so, pardon me, I sit there and I go, okay. Science has not, science has studied the chemicals, they're understanding that. But why we actually need it, the Bible says it's because you were created for it. All right? So then here, because here's my question. Then why, if we have, if you're born instinctively, instinctively, fundamentally with this need for love and for relationship, then why is there so much division? Why is there segregation? Why is there prejudice? Why is there judgment? Why is there separation? Why is there loneliness? Why is there conflict? This is just paramount everywhere we go. It's in this room right here. So again, here here was my question. I naturally engage, this is crazy. I naturally engage in behavior that thwarts what I naturally need. Why is that? I need love and relationship, and yet I naturally engage in behavior that destroys it. Can I just tell you, this is why I believe in God. This is why another reason why I believe in Jesus. Here we go. Number two, the need for love is thwarted by sin. So number one, the need for love is established by God because he created us for it. But then, for some reason, this need for love is thwarted. Why am I engaged in behavior that's stopping me from experiencing what I need? Look at this. Colossians 1.21 says this. Once you were alienated from God and you were hostile in your minds, engaged in evil behavior. So here's the Bible's answer, Okay. There's a God, and he is love. And you were created by him with this need for love, but now you're alienated from him. This is the Bible's answer, and this makes sense to me. Now I'm separated from him. Well, why am I separated from him? Because you're hostile in your minds, okay? So here's what happens. Here's this God who created us for love, and yet we're separated from him. We're trying to live life without God, And so then, all of a sudden, this love that he wants to pour inside your heart to satisfy the need that you have for love that he created you for, but all of us are stiff-arming God. (laughs) And this is what the, the Bible's answer is. This is why we're struggling on this planet. So he says, you're hostile in your minds. Well, many of you might think, I'm not hostile in my mind. Well, all that means is opposed to. And here's what's crazy. No human being is born with a natural inclination to follow God. It's so weird. We don't want to love God and we don't want to love each other. We are naturally born with a first, we are with a mindset that is focused on who? On yourself. (laughs) Wait a second, wait a second, wait. So I have this natural instinctive need for relationship, and yet I'm born with a natural inclination to be selfish. We got a problem, (laughs) and every human being has it, and what the Bible is saying is the reason that you are focused on yourself is in your mind. You don't want to trust God, and let's all be honest, man. We don't want to trust him. We just feel like we can't trust him. We don't want to follow God. We want to do our own things. And so, and and as soon as we think that, it's like, this is so human. We actually believe that we can do a better job, right, with our life than if we included God in it. That's what we believe. And so, we want to do our own thing. So, we're hostile in our minds. And then what happens? We actually, when we're hostile in our minds towards God, we're separated from him. So, now our hearts are not filled with God's love because we're going to do this on our own. I don't need him. And then you start to engage in what the Bible calls evil behavior. But here's what the word evil means. It simply means destructive. We actually get in, involved in behavior that's not constructive in our relationships. Can I okay, write these down. These are, this is a pattern of human nature, okay? So if you're engaged in destructive relationships because your heart needs love, number one, the first evil behavior, bad behavior, destructive behavior Is striving. It's striving. See, every single one of us is trying to get this need to be loved, but here's what we know. Then you better be good because if you're good enough, people will love you, right? If you're pretty enough, people will love you. If your personality is engaging enough, people will love you. See, we have all these things that we know as human beings. If I do this, Then I'll finally get love. So every one of us in here are striving to find our value and to know that we'll be loved. Because instinctively, as a psychologist tells us, we have a need, fundamental need, to be loved and to know that we're worthy. So we're all striving. But here's what's interesting. When you're striving, who are you doing it for? Yourself. (laughs) So striving is selfish ambition, and so here we are, we're spo- we need love, but I'm engaged in a behavior that thwarts love. I'm all about me. Because if I'm all about me, somehow I'm going to get loved. No. See, this is just getting messed up. So number one, we strive. And then here's the neg- second bad behavior that pops up, is then we judge each other. So all of us are out here trying to do things, and we all, you already did it this morning. Because you're human, guys. It's okay. You walked in and you judged certain people's dress today. You, 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 we judge people's behavior, we judge people based on what they look like, we judge the service, you're going to judge my message, we just, we just judge. That's what we do. And here's the problem. With human behavior, as soon as you think you're good at something, then it produces pride. And pride does not help relationship. But if you're no good at it, then you have Shame. And so, and, and, and if you have shame, that's no good for a relationship. Here's another one. When you're striving to be good and you're doing your best and then somebody else does it better, now what do you have? Envy. <laughs> and so now you're jealous and that ruins me. Be- do you guys see how this works? So we have this negative behavior in, uh, that's destroying our relationships because we're having an instinctive, fundamental Universal need to be loved, but we don't feel loved. So we strive, and then we judge. Here's the third behavior. And then we withdraw. We withdraw. Because if you put yourself out there, and somebody finally knows the real you, and you get judged, nothing hurts worse. So what do we do? We put up walls. Because we don't want to get hurt. We put up false selves, right? We try to be something that everybody else wants us to be. <laughs> because if, you, if I can be this, then you'll love me. But don't get to know me because if you know the real me, I know you won't love me. Amen? Okay. So now we have withdrawing, and that's not helpful for relationship. It's a destructive behavior. It's a pattern of human nature. And here's the problem. As soon as you withdraw or as soon as you put up a wall, as soon as every relationship you've got with another person is based on a false self, you know you're, that you are not truly loved. They might like this person I'm putting on. They might like this facade. They might like my performance. But what happens when I can't perform? And so now there's Loneliness. Now you have a sadness. Now inside, we start to suffer. And this is what the psychologists were saying. There is pain when you're not feeling loved, valued, significant, and when you're not good enough. And so that leads to the fourth behavior because what do you do when you have pain? You compromise. You strive. We judge. We withdraw. We feel the pain of not having this instinctive, fundamental need to be loved met. And so now we start to numb it. And so many of us in this room, well, not not many of us, all of us, we get involved in compromised behavior. Right? Because we need to feel good. So what do we do? What do we do? How many of you shop? Right? You shop. Because that'll make, how many of you eat? All right, more hands every time. Because that just makes me feel good. This is when we get involved in sexual behavior without the relationship. See, because it's too scary for you to actually get to know me, but at least sex feels good. It gives me a pseudo sense that we got some intimacy, or this is when pornography, it just spins out of control because it can produce, again, these chemicals in your brain that make you feel good. (laughs) And that's when we get into drugs now, and we get into alcohol, and we've gone to compromise. You guys, see, this is when I go, I just want to go, okay, this is why I believe in God. There's a need in me to be loved. And yet I'm separated from it, and nobody can give me the love that I need, and I'm engaged in behavior that's totally ruining my relationships. And the Bible calls it sin. Yes, all this, all this kind of stuff: being proud, selfish ambition, uh, judging people. You know, this is why the Bible says, "Don't get caught up in alcohol. Don't get drunk." right? See, everything the Bible says is just because he cares about us and what he's helping to see, he calls it sin because those behaviors destroy the fundamental needs you have for a relationship that lasts. That's all. God's just trying to help us. But you know what the ultimate sin is? The ultimate sin is simply this. We don't trust God. We still want to live apart from God who is love. He created you for his love. But if you don't have his love, then you're going to keep searching for it. And you're going to keep trying to get it. And we're going to have this insatiable need. Okay? So, I believe personally, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus Christ because of the need for love being established by him. And the need for love being thwarted by sin. It makes sense to me of the world's issue today. Okay? But now, here's the other reason I believe in God in Christ. There's good news. <laughs> okay? There's good news in all the midst of this. First Corinthians 15 says this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. You guys remember what gospel means? It just means good news. I want to remind you of the good news. And then he says this: Christ died for your sins, according to scripture, he was buried and he was raised on third day. <laughs> Here's the good news. Jesus died. Woo-hoo. Right? Here's the good news. He rose from the dead. Yeah. Woo-hoo. All right, all right, cool. Well, how in the world? You now look at this next verse. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the good news. Why? And so Christians, why, why would I want you to believe this? Why do I think, why would I, any of you today, consider this? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. everyone. There is a universal everyone need instinctively from the day you're born for relationship. And the good news, the gospel, is the power of God to save you from this constant search for relationship. For this constant need to know that you're loved. That's instinctive in you. He goes on to say, in verse 17, because in the good news, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. What's he saying? In the death of Christ and in the resurrection of Christ, the rightness of God is revealed. Hey, anybody want to make your relationships right? Why do you, why do we, not you, we, all of us, I love counseling, I love going to people, therapists to help me. Why do we go? Why do you go? Because you want to make your relationships right. Because you want to get your thinking right. Because you want to get your heart right. You guys, the rightness of God is revealed in the good news of Jesus' death and his resurrection. Okay? So, Why? Why? Because we finally know what love is. Every human being needs to be loved. And in Christ's death, we finally know what love is. Look at this. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. That Jesus laid down his life for us. Okay, so here's the third point. Number one is what? The need for love is established by God. Number two, the need for love is thwarted by sin. Number three, the need for love is satisfied in Jesus Christ. Okay? Now I'm going to share with you my favorite passage in all the Bible, baby. Get this one down. Use this thing. Get it embedded in your brain. Let it go from your head to your heart, and it will transform your life, okay? Look at this, Romans chapter 5. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that we are insatiably in need of, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. Okay, so remember, what's the deal? God created you for love, but we're separated from God. And in Jesus Christ, he's going to reconcile you back to God. So the love that your heart needs can be inside you. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Okay, guys? Now, this is, this is my favorite thing to share in all the world. Okay, go back to verse 6. Okay? Write this down. Okay? This is the stuff you can help people understand. This is human nature. Okay? He says, at just the right time, when you were what? Powerless. Everybody say it. When you were? Okay, In your, when you're powerless, what can you do? Nothing. Say it again. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Here's human love. Okay, we all need to be loved. Here's what you know. We love people who do things. We love people who are things. People who are successful get more love. People who are more beautiful get more love. People who are more, have a personality get more love. Amen? It's true. So here's what human nature does. When you do something for me, I'll love you. And when you can't do it anymore, I won't love you. Human nature always pulls our love away. We love people when they do stuff, and then as soon as you can't do it, they will pull themselves away. I'm serious. Right, right then, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Right then, my heart just hurt from examples that flip through my head right now, where people just, where I couldn't be what they needed me to be, and so then they just went on their way. How many of you have experienced that in life? And what does your heart instinctively need? Relationships that last. Human love only loves people who do stuff. And look at this, so God says what? At just, I love, so good, at just The right time when you could do nothing. Nothing, God goes. Oh, man, you can't do nothing? Sweet. God goes, sweet. It's just the right time for me to love you. Why? Because if you thought that God loved you because you were good enough, because you were a good person, because you went to church, then as soon as you blew it, as soon as you couldn't be good enough, what do you think God would do? He'd stop loving you. And he wanted you to know, man, your heart needs a love that will last. And I want you to know nobody else on this planet can handle every failure. And I love you. That's God's love. And that will satisfy your heart, man. When you know that when you can't be it, God's gonna go. It's cool. I love you. That will change your life. Okay, then he says what? When we were still powerless, Christ died for the what? Ungodly, let's say it. Ungodly. So if God's God and we're ungodly, what does that mean? That means we're not like him. And here's the other thing about human love. You know what human love does? Human love loves people that are like them. We naturally, right? You'll do it this morning. We naturally flow to the people who are like us. And we love people who are like us. I say this in premarital. It's so funny, right? Like opposites attract, which is true. Opposites attract. It's like, oh, you're going to fulfill me, right? And then all of us who are married know as soon as you get married, all of a sudden those opposites aren't as cute as they used to be. (laughs) And you thought you'd change. I thought you'd finally see it my way. And the next thing you know, it's like, no, you are driving me nuts. And you know what we do? When people aren't like us, we pull our love away. You're going to do it. We we do it this morning. I can tell by the way that person dresses, that's probably not somebody I would, you know. Right? It's human nature. So here's God. And he goes, guess what? You've never been like me. You are ungodly. And what does he say? i die for you. I want you so bad that I would die for you. Your heart needs to know that you can be who you are and be loved. And God is the one who's saying, that's me. And that'll heal your heart. Last thing, He goes on, very rarely will anyone die for righteous mo, though for a good one, possibly someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8, here we go. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now just hang with me, all of you who've heard this, because I tell my, you cannot hear this enough. Okay? Sinner always, it was a word for archery, when the dude would pull back a bow, shoot for the bullseye, and miss it. And every time he'd miss it, they'd yell, sin! (laughs) It was called hummer. They didn't say sin. It was "hummertia," was the word. But what it meant was you missed it. There's a standard right here, and you missed it. Okay, so let's talk about human relationships. And this is what I talk about. This is why I use this almost at every wedding. At every wedding, we stand there, and we go, you know what? This is the one guy who's met my standard. This is the one woman who's met my standard. So thank you, Jesus, that somebody's finally going to be what I need them to be. And then you get married, and what happens? you You don't jump as high as you used to. Remember this standard? Remember this is why I married you? And then I'm telling you, every couple, when we start to talk, what happens when the person isn't being what you want them to be? Every one of us does this. We pull our love away. And here's your human heart. And every one of us is messed up. Every one of us falls short. And every one of us in this room has had another human being say, and you are not worthy of my love. And we wonder why we put up walls. We wonder why we put on false selves. We wonder why we're lonely and painful and suffering and Why? because I'm instinctively, fundamentally made for a relationship that will last. And God, anybody can give it to me. And here's what God says. Can I demonstrate my love for you? Wow, I love this. While you were blowing it. While you were missing the mark. I love you so much I die for you. You guys, when this love of God gets inside your heart, the fundamental need you have is finally met. And there's nobody else on this planet who can do that. So, we're putting our hope in our husband to do it, or our wife to do it, or a job to satisfy us. And and stuff just keeps, you know, money. If I had money, that would, we just put our stuff in all this stuff that lets us down. I just got to, this is why I believe in God. This is why I believe in Jesus Christ, because he came to die for me, to love me, to meet my fundamental need in my heart. And then finally, when that gets satisfied, I'm free. And I can finally be who he created me to be. And the last thing you need to see on this, it says right in verse 9, if you can throw it. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more should we be saved from God's wrath? Justified by his blood, you guys. So when Jesus died, you know, because then like, well, dude, what were you doing on the cross? Why were you dying? He goes, because I was taking your punishment, God's wrath for sin. Because God does hate sin. He can have nothing to do with it. See, so he's a just God. He doesn't like it when people go around and murder people and rape people. and He actually is against sin. Aren't you glad? Right? We're glad we don't have a God. who's like, all right, just go around and beat each other up. No, he is absolutely against it and he punishes sin. He does. And then Jesus is like, listen, guys, I don't want you to experience the punishment because it's actually separation from God like forever. That's your punishment. It's called death. So I'm going to come. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to take your sin, your stuff, I'm going to take it on me, and I'm going to die in your place. You are justified, not by anything you've done, but by what he's done for you. And I tell you, here's another fundamental need as a human. You need to be forgiven. Anybody in here need to be forgiven? And Jesus, in Jesus, you are fully and completely Forgiven. Some of you walked in here today and the thing that's stealing your life is what you've done in the past and you need to know Christ loves you and he died for you. I tell you what, man, that satisfies your soul. Why do I believe in Jesus? Because I need relationship and yet I'm involved in behavior that thwarts it. But Jesus came. To satisfy, and then lastly, and I got to go quick. The last one is this. Here's why else I believe it is that the need for love is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse. Well, actually, uh, the first one. Yeah, go ahead and show. Um, I don't even know where I am now. Uh, Romans five ten. So, how much more having been reconciled? So, we're now we're finally brought back to God, he goes, How much more being reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Remember what the good news? What was the good news? The good news is Jesus died. So now you know your love, no matter what, you're forgiven no matter what. You know, you know now that your heart can be satisfied. That's great, through his death. But the other part of the gospel is he rose again. And you get to be saved through his life. What does this mean? It means that when you receive Christ, he fills you with his spirit. Look at this, man. This is the greatest verse in all the world. There's a lot of good ones, but this is a good one. That one. And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love, right? This love that loves the powerless, ungodly sinner is poured into your heart. Do you guys see that? Not little drops when everyone's poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to you. Do you guys have this? Is that inside you? Do you know the love of God that loves you when you're a powerless, ungodly sinner? Do you know the love of God that died for you so you can be forgiven of every sin you've ever done? Do you know the love of God now that fulfills you? What does it mean? Why did I say fulfill you? Because now I possess within me a love for powerless, ungodly sinners. And guess what? If you can give somebody else love when they're powerless, instead of pulling away like every other human being, you go, You got nothing? Oh, wait, wait, just the right time for me to love you. Oh my God, can you imagine marriages, you guys? Can you, what would happen in marriages when your spouse can't do it? What would happen in marriages when your spouse can't meet the standard anymore and you go, You can't meet the standard? Well, then I die for you. What? 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 No, no, you're not meeting the standard. We're done. No, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine God going, You don't meet the standard. You're done. We're all done. But we're not done because of Jesus. And now Jesus is inside you if you're a Christian. That is how the love gets fulfilled. And that is the way that now we can finally take this fundamental, instinctive, basic need for relationship that lasts and we can actually do it. Because Jesus Christ filled us with the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? So, that's why I believe. Because if his love actually gets inside of us, it will change us. So now, let me just close with this. And I'm over, sorry. But let me me just close with this. Then how do we do this? What, What does that mean? That means the church... Is supposed to be filled with people with the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we are. But if we have the Holy Spirit, that means we love each other. So again, practically here, these last month, I think this is like the third time now. The message is: I think God's trying to get something across to us. When we gather here together, did you guys come this morning to love each other? Did you come to love each other? See, that's the, new, that's the new question. I'm just going to be pounding this as your pastor and here at K2. We are not going to come here to hang out just for a service and bolt, okay? Because we, if, if that's the case, if we come here and this type of love is not in this gathering, then what are we? We're like any other gathering that happened all week long. And then people will show up and go, because I'm telling you the best apologetic that we have for people to actually think that Jesus might be real is that they get to see his love, and they get to experience his love. What it makes the church, I need it, you need it. Every time we come together here on Sunday, you guys, we need to be loving each other. This is what our heart needs, and God's given it to us. So one really practical thing that we're going to do here at K2, um, right? mission to invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following God. Well, I tell you what, when you invite someone to your house, right, how many of you, you know, they, they knock on the doorbell and you stay in the back room? It's like, yeah, hey, I'm back here, come on in, come on in. No, I mean, if it's a visitor and you've invited them, man, boom, you open up the door, and you go, hey, how are you? So we started this thing, right, called New k 2 that we've been doing for about three or four months, and yet New k 2 is all the way down the hall, you know, in, this, in the lobby down there. So we're going to change that, just want to let you know, because if you're a visitor, we want to let you know, man, we're super glad you're here. So we're going to take New K2 in two weeks. We're going to give you a couple of weeks to get used to this, okay? But New K2 is going to go right out these doors in front of those glass doors that are right here, okay, where we enter, so that every person who walks out of here just has a chance to, to be greeted, to be welcomed. Uh, we just want to welcome you, so we're going to make that change. Now, here's what some of you might not like, but that's okay. We'll be all right, is that means we're going to not use those doors anymore, okay? So those glass doors, we're not going to use those, but we're going to make that the New K2 space, Okay? Because we want to invite all of you on this adventure. Here's the other practical thing. I stand down there in the lobby, and it's so funny, right? We, part of the reason we moved here into this location is because our lobby back at our old place was so small, it just made you leave. And we're like, well, we need to hang out. We want to hang out. And we have this beautiful lobby for everybody to hang out. We even got bagels. We got coffee today. We got, you know, lemonade. We got, we got places to sit around and hang out with each other. But then we created this door where everybody could just leave. And we're like, well, wait a second. Wait, wait. Uh, the very thing we don't want to be, we've kind of just created. So the other reason we're doing this, you guys, is from now on, I'm just hoping that all of us will show up here on a Sunday morning and say, you know what? We're going to love each other. So instead of us bolting out the doors, we're all just going to go down the lobby. Now, you, guess what? If you're visiting, you're still free to bolt. Amen. Seriously, you are totally free to bolt, okay? But what we're hoping is that those of us who have the love of God inside of us will actually hang out and love each other, okay? So those are changes that we're gonna make here at K2. All right? So, here's a great story. We're gonna close with this. Trudy is one of the sweetest gals here at K2. When she first came in, she just self-confessed. Talked to her for a few weeks. It was her, her journey's great. When she first started coming, she's super introverted, okay? But that doesn't mean introverts don't need long-lasting relationships. Everybody needs them. So this is her story of her journey of actually finding what relationship can do for you at K2. Okay? So watch this.
1: I first started serving on Connections and then in the nursery at AC just because Dave would talk about how important it was to serve. Maybe he served once, twice max a month. And Stacy Brown um, actually approached us and asked us if we would consider serving in AC because God had laid us on her heart as somebody uh, that maybe he wanted to have teach. And that was... The first time, uh, I like I really felt God was actually calling us to do that. I was nervous; like we both felt really nervous, but we knew God was asking us to do it, so we said yes. So we were teaching uh, twice a month in AC and then I met this crazy girl Tammy. We kind of hit it off and she started to invite me to like coffee and play dates with other moms and then got really crazy and asked me to do the Dirty Dash and stuff like Ragnar, which is an introvert's nightmare because you're <laughs> stuck in a van with five other people for 24 hours. But I said yes. I. I was very reluctant, but I said yes, and I was scared to say yes, but when I went and I did the stuff, I had a great time and actually started to get to know more people, which in the beginning, I felt like I wanted to keep people away, but the more I got to know people and the more I built relationships with people at K2, I found that my relationship with God was going deeper and my desire to serve Him was going deeper. Tammy actually invited us to be part of her Life Together group, and which is where I think I kind of got to know Dave Elsog more, and um, was when God had laid on my heart the 5K. When I approached Dave Elsog about doing the 5K, I thought that I would just be a volunteer for that, that it was a great idea. But um, he actually asked me to lead it. Soggy said, That's a great idea, let me think about it. Okay, I think you should lead it. <laughs> and I was screaming in my head, No. You're insane <laughs> just being involved in the relationships by just going to Ragnar with people from K2 and, and Dirty Dash I had I really did just already have a team of people around me who were like, yeah, let's do it and and you can do it. Trudy, we trust you to to lead this, which is huge for me. That was so encouraging and a really cool I think moment for me in my life that people trust me with something so big. Because I had worked with Soggy on the 5K and we've gotten to know each other, um, he actually spoke a lot of encouragement and truth into my life and was like, hey, I see you as a leader. Um, I see that you're meant to do more than, than this. And like, I would like to invite you in to serve at K2 maybe. Like he kind of offered me some different places that I might be interested in and that was when I started doing the program and Facebook and just the social media stuff and so I did that for about a year which was cool Um, and then yeah I got a crazy call from Shannon Gott (laughs) uh, asking me if I would be willing to consider coming on staff at K2 as a service producer and that was crazy. Like, I guess I just never saw myself in that kind of a role. I never saw myself as having that kind of thing to offer. I didn't really know what I was totally getting into at the time. I honestly just knew 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 that God was calling me to do it and that if I didn't say yes that I was I was saying no to him, you know, and I was going to miss out on whatever it was that he had in store for me. Yeah, I think it's been wild. Just to even see how intentional God has been with people and circumstances in my life to bring me to where I am now, and I realize if I had let the fear or just wanting to keep things, you know, in their box, and I would have said no, I would have missed out on some of the best friends that I have in my life. You know, I don't really even know where our own family, our little family, would be had I not let people in and. Uh, had those relationships. If somebody is God has laid somebody on your heart to pursue and to invite to serve or just to go to coffee or to go to Ragnar or whatever, do it. If God's telling you, do it. And um, if somebody's asking you to be a part of all of this, say yes even if you're you're terrified. <laughs> even if everything in you is telling you no, do it because you might
0: you know, miss out on what God has for you. See, the, the cool, and our band's going to come out, and we're going to go ahead and do our just one final closing song. But you guys, um, the cool thing about Trudy's story is, did you, you notice it was names of people? It was Stacy, it was Tammy, it was Dave, it was relationship. And now, because Trudy engaged in relationship, took the risk to go in that She's discovering friendship and life and purpose in God that she never knew was there before. You guys, God created you for a need for this. Yes, we're all messed up and it's thwarted, but Jesus Christ can absolutely satisfy that need with His love. Fill you with His spirit, and then we'll be able to give it to each other. And then what the world hum oh, for. What the world needs now is love. Okay, that's really bad. But then, what the world needs, the church can give it because we're just people filled with the Holy Spirit of God.